All right. I would I would like to finish out the week strong. Yeah. We're getting cl- there's only two weeks left after this. Yeah. yeah. I will give a, a public service announcement and that is it's tick season. I just found a tick on me. Did you really? I just did, yeah. I was I was out of our farm a little bit early this morning. I just when we were recording, I found one uh crawling across my arm. Oh wow. And uh and then I actually threw it. I I crushed it with my pen first and then I threw it out. So you know, I I actually it 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 really varies year to year, but my allergies are really hitting me this year. Like I was outside yesterday for fifteen minutes and I was a wreck for yeah. the rest of the night after that. So I haven't been outside long enough <laughs> recently to get a tick, but see, I find that tick season never ended this year. Yeah, that's yeah, true. That's last year I had one on me in February and then I got Lyme disease from it. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's that. It just kept going this year. We didn't really have a. Did we have like five straight days of sub freezing temperature? Maybe once, if that. Yeah, we had we had some days where it was like single digits and teen temperatures for like three days in a row. That was like right before Christmas. Like I remember that happened twice: once in December, once in January. But anyway, All all right. What do you have for us today, Christiane? Today I have a broadleaf evergreen shrub shrub that is one to three foot tall, more commonly four to six inches tall. That's confusing. Um, but it does have a one to six foot spread. It is native from Newfoundland to Saskatchewan, south to Minnesota, Michigan, and North Carolina, and its wetland indicator status is obligate. You know what this is, right? No. no. No, I'm drawing a blank. Do you know what it is? No, but I know there's something that fits the description, but I don't know what it's called. Yes, there is. And, uh, <laughs> well, yeah, clearly. But, uh, no, there's a plant I know of that that I think this could uh, be. Oh, no, you know what? That's that's not a broadleaf evergreen anyway, so. I'm, I'm trying I don't to know the name. think of. I'm, I'm sure we have listeners going. Just say it. It's this. It's this. What do you have a question to ask? Yeah. What um, describe the flower if there is a flower. I have an idea. All right. It is four white petals that are acutely reflexed, exposing a dark central cone of eight to ten fused stamens. That wasn't necessarily what I was thinking, but I don't know what it would be. So. And I think we did this in season one, the one I'm thinking of. All right. Um, Man, I'm trying to think of – so it's a broadleaf evergreen. Uh, Describe the leaf. Alternate, small, glossy, leathery, simple leaves. Bronzy in spring and dark green in summer. I don't know how tall that gets, though. What do you think? Well, and that has a similar flower. At first, I was thinking bearberry. But that's, that's not an obligate. Well, bro, yeah. It's not an obligate. But then when she said that, I was like, oh, what if what if it's leather leaf? But I don't know how tall that gets. I don't know. I'm going with leather leaf. I'm going to go with that also. Too. Yeah. I don't know. Neither of you got it. It is large cranberry. Okay. Oh. That makes sense. That makes sense. Wow. Yeah. That makes perfect sense. You're listening to A Native Plant Every Day with Tom and Fran. Welcome back to A Native Plant Every Day. Happy Friday. Uh, I am Fran. And I'm Tom. 
it would be a Thursday, but I'm Christian. Oh. <laughs> Let's try that again. <laughs> Happy Thursday. Uh, today's plant is Vaccinium macrocarpon, which is large cranberry. Uh, we were kind of discussing off the air. I think what what threw us off is I was unaware that this was an evergreen shrub. I thought it was deciduous, and I think that – but. It makes everything else make sense. That's the only thing that yeah. That kind of yeah. I've seen it in the wild. Like I've seen it in the Pine Barrens. You know, along mm. along the Maurice River. Yeah. You know, while while kayaking there, and it just didn't. I don't know. It threw me off. Good one. Good one. That's the point. So it does get one to three foot tall. More commonly, four to six inches tall with a one to six foot spread. Wetland indicator status of obligate. Native from Newfoundland, Saskatchewan, south to. Minnesota, Michigan, and North Carolina, broadleaf evergreen shrub of the Ericaceae family, which is heath, and its alternate small, glossy, leathery, simple leaves are bronzy in the spring and dark green in the summer. The bark of this adult plant is thin and smooth. It's a hermaphroditic, showy, fall, uh, small, fuchsia pink flower stalks developed from stem tips from May to July. Um, you know, one of the things that... Uh, when I go through this, always bugs me when I guess about, I say, describe the flower. Yeah. I feel like that's a pretty big description. That is yeah. a huge description. Does <laughs> yeah. that not fit but into the next piece? But I don't get you. I only get the next piece. I didn't get the first part. Yeah, no. Um, I don't think it was going to help. So each bloom has four white petals that are acutely reflex, exposing a dark central cone of eight to ten few stamens. Uh, plump, red to dark purple, ovoid, round, Half inch diameter fruits. Now, why didn't which, I uh, ask which you if guys it was know. fruit? Well, I, I would have still I wouldn't. the bearberry thing until I remembered it was obligate. I didn't yeah. write down that it was obligate. I oh, okay. That part. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then that, the fall color will turn uh, copper to purple. So uh, <laughs> it is. It is best grown in damp to boggy, acidic. Uh, pH is a 4 to 5.2, organically rich, well-drained soil in full sun. Uh, and when I think of that, I think of that Pine Barren uh, habitat mm-hmm. with Atlantic yeah. White Cedar. Um, it is susceptible to a number of pests and diseases, uh, diseases including red leaf spot, fruit end rot, root rot, cranberry blossom worm, cranberry tip worm, cranberry weevil, and cranberry fruit worm, and it is subject to chlorosis problems if the soil pH gets too high, which makes sense. I'm just looking at root rot, thinking I don't think of things that are obligates yeah. getting root rot mm-hmm. too often. Yeah, like yeah. like I typically attribute that to something that's more upland. I'm, and I'm wondering in a wet. if it has something to do with. I'm just speculating here, but it's something to do with um, dry down conditions. Oh, is that period okay. where it's getting like like soaking wet, dry down, soaking wet, dry down, and then you're you're causing that would make sense. So like it's never getting fully dry, but it's not sitting in water, and that's when you're having your gotcha. issues. And it does have extensive creeping rhizomes. Yeah. So this uh, this the cranberries uh, provide food for sharp-tailed rough grouse, bobwhites, morning doves, uh, American tree spanner sparrows, and chipmunks, um, as well as as people. Uh, the leaves of this plant are a larval food source for the bog copper butterfly, and the flowers are often visited by bees. Um, and this is just a little aside here, but there's more, I don't want to say research, there's some tests being done on uh, cranberry pollination, like commercial cranberry pollination, same plant, 
um, on whether it's better pollinated by honeybees or native bees because it's a native plant. There's a lot of native pollinators, and it's from what I've been told, things are leaning saying, "Oh, the native bees actually do a better job than the the honeybees do." Didn't we um, have a few cranberry or someone from a local cranberry farm yeah. say that that yep, exactly. once he stopped bringing in the honeybees, that the native bees were doing it just fine? Mm-hmm. Yep, yep, exactly. Um, and uh, members of the genus Vaccinium support the following specialized bees. Uh, Fran, why don't you take it away from here? Sure, <laughs> Adrena bradleyi, Adrena carolina, Panurogynus atramontensis. Habropoda labriosa, Colette's productus, Colette's validus, and Osmia verga. Good job, Fran. <laughs> Round of applause for Fran. I don't know if any of that's correct at all, but <laughs> we've been it sitting well. here for the next 10 minutes of ice truck. <laughs> um, it can be used as a ground cover in a bog garden or a trailing plant in a bog container. And common use of the berries include sauce, jelly, juice, and dried fruit. I would have guessed that. I would have guessed that. Uh, There's some evidence suggesting that the berries or their juice could be useful in treating or preventing certain urinary tract infections, but this is not certain yet and thus is not a substitute for medical management. That that should be our disclaimer for this. Yeah. <laughs> not a substitute for medical management. Uh, originally called cranberry because the flowers – Oh, cranberry, sorry. Originally called cranberry because the flowers with four delicate reflex petals and anthers protruding like a beak – loosely resembled the head of a crane hmm. and it is sometimes placed in their own genus which is oxycosius all right i am hoping i can win one lightning round this week i was gonna say if you say you're ready i don't know if you are i'm never ready but go ahead true or false it is actually the varieties of the small cranberry uh vaccinium Oxycosis, uh, that are the ones that have been developed for cultivation in Cape Cod and the Pine Barrens. Well, that would prove what I said just just said wrong. Um, yeah, I'm going to go with it. Yeah, same family. That's All what right. matters. Okay. All right. True or false? This species releases pollen before the stigmas are receptive because of its hermaphroditic flowers. Say that one more time. This species releases pollen before the stigmas are receptive because of its hermaphroditic flowers. Okay. True or false, the most efficient pollinators are bees because of their long flight patterns. True or false, cranberry is typically native to northern latitudes and higher elevations due to its need for a dormancy period. And then true or false, cranberries can handle permanent inundation. All right. How are you guys feeling to end the week? No, I haven't. Not, honestly, I've done good. horrible all week, so <laughs> not not good. But this is probably right. the best I have felt. But yeah, that doesn't honestly, mean no, this I'm one gonna... I feel the worst on. All right. So, all right hit us with the yep. answers. So first up was false. It is the varieties of the large cranberry that are used for commercial (laughs) production. Then it is false. Um, So the plants release pollen at the same time as the stigmas are receptive because they are self-fertile. All right. Then we have false. 
bees are the most efficient pollinators because of their ability to buzz pollinate or vibrate mm-hmm. their wings without wing muscles without moving their wings. I actually knew that one. That was the one I was like, yep, that's yeah. the one I know. <laughs> <laughs> then it is true. Cranberries must experience a cumulative number of chill hours during the winter months. It is estimated that 1,500 hours is the optimal range for successful blooms. All right. Ren, you have them all? <laughs> I have one right. Oh, I've, I'm, I'm three of four. I, I have one of four. I got the first one right, and I was like, yeah, here we go. <laughs> and that was wah, wah, wah. <laughs> all right. Next up was false. Um, they can tolerate <laughs> occasional flooding, but the plants themselves do not grow when completely inundated. I'm so glad this week is over. Yeah. Friend, I got you, one right. You got one. I got four or five. So. Yeah. I feel yeah. pretty good. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, you I'll should. And this another line right here. You should. All right, so let's recap for the end of the week for guesses. Christiane is in the lead with 15. I have 12. Tom has seven. And then for the lightning round, Tom is up 18 to 12. So You better be careful because Ro- Tom can run away with the season close on the Oh, I know. Round. I know. I'd have to win. I'd have – yeah. We have eight more episodes. Yeah, Tom – I just yeah. need to get two. This yeah, I think right? two. Two and you – Or you one. S- one for the tie. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you'll get <laughs> so that's, that gets us to yeah. Tuesday next week. Yeah. So uh I think I know the answer to this. You putting it in your yard. Um no. But I think my mom has considered she's a little bog container and she's considered putting it there. Which that would yeah. be perfect. Have you ever seen it commercially commercially sold? Um, like because someone I has to but be, I assume, yeah, someone's doing someone's it. gotta be growing it yeah. for all these cranberry growers. Yeah. I well the growers are probably you do a lot of straight native. As well. Oh, that's true. That's true. If you're talking cultivar, you can find it. Okay. Mm-hmm. How about you? You putting it in your yard? No, I don't have anywhere that works. Yeah, either do I. I don't have a spot that it would survive. So that's a no. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love cranberry. I like to to drink yeah. cranberry juice. Oh, would you press your own cranberry juice? Yeah, why not? <laughs> would you not? Tom, would you press your own cranberry juice? I don't know if I'd press my own cranberry juice, but I have had wild um, wild cranberries off the the freshly picked. I was going to say off the vine, but I don't know if that's right. Freshly picked, and then um, that someone actually brought, we collected a bunch, and they actually brought them home and made us cranberry muffins. We had fresh cranberry muffins. Last time I bought cranberries, I bought it to, to garnish cocktails. Yeah. yeah. I didn't bake with it. I used it for alcohol. I'd make it into a jam before, or like a sauce before I'm mm. pressing my own juice. <laughs> it's a lot you cheaper to add a lot of sugar. It. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's like tastes good. I would yeah, assume. I, would I know imagine with, with yeah. cranberry sauce, you do. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So great plant. I would imagine that most of you do not have a, a place to put this in your property, but we all know the benefits of it. Um, good week. Good week. We finished up uh, pretty well. We'll be back next week. Only two weeks left. And then we're we're almost done season two. I think when we finish up season two, maybe we could talk about some of the ideas you had for season three. I had an idea. Yeah. Can I say it now? Yeah. Or should go I say ahead. It later? Sure. One of mine, one week of invasive plants. I like it. 
as like a little educational thing. Ooh, I like it. All right, I like that. That will yeah. be a season three. Like that's the hope is to do theme weeks for yeah. season three. Yeah. So we could talk a little bit more about yeah. that in two weeks, but. Uh, tomorrow there's no episode because that will be a brand new episode of Native Plants Healthy Planet, so make sure you listen to that. But we will be back Monday for a brand new week of a native plant every day with Tom and Fran. And until then, keep it native. Thank you for listening to A Native Plant Every Day with Tom and Fran. Hey everyone, this is Fran. And Tom. And we just wanted to give you a quick reminder to tune in every Friday to our other podcast, Native Plants Healthy Planet. Yeah, so on Native Plants Healthy Planet, we dive into all different kinds of subjects revolving around native plants and our ecology and having a healthy planet. We have guests from uh, from colleges, from other podcasts, from different nonprofits we work with, even authors. It's a really good time. We hope you join us over there. Make sure you tune in, and until then, keep it native.